Hey guys, we'll be getting to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's again a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can, as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, you guys find the podcast on YouTube and anywhere you can get your podcast. Uh, we're just so thankful you guys are here and that you guys are with us today. So I know this is Tuesday and normally podcasts come out on Monday, uh, but we had some bad weather here. So if you're in the area, hope you got home safely. Uh, so we didn't come into the uh, to the studio on Monday. But we're thankful that we can be here and we can record with you guys and get back on track. And I'm really excited about this topic of, uh, of where we're going to go today. Um, again, you guys have been so supportive of uh, of the merch, of sharing the podcast. I mean, it's just been great. And people are asking questions. And it, it's a beautiful thing to see. And, and we're so appreciative for what you guys are doing. So um, uh, please continue to share the podcast, like the podcast. And uh, we can get these conversations going. We can start talking about uh jesus a little bit more so we're just so thankful for everything you guys are doing uh for us and for the podcast all right so here's our topic uh for today the topic is you did all that you could okay you did all that you could you ever wonder and and maybe you might be living in this question right now you ever wonder with things in your life sometimes even with people uh in your life am i doing enough like, did I do enough? Um, you know, sometimes that question can lead to a lot of other questions, but everything normally starts at this question is, did I do enough? And sometimes we can find ourselves um, guilting ourselves for not doing enough, feeling like we haven't done enough or we're not being enough or we didn't do enough. And then that's not even including other people's opinions of it. So that's just my mind, right? That's just your mind. You know, that's not including what they think and what this group thinks, what they think. So, I mean, all this is kind of in your head and this can kind of weigh on you. And this question, what it becomes for you and I, it becomes this weight where it weighs you down to where you're always in this, um, you're kind of in this, I guess we can call it sinking sand in a way to where you're still afloat, but you're not moving because you're moving in place over and over and over, if that makes sense. And so maybe you can relate to that. Maybe you can relate to this idea of, man, did I really do all that I could? You know, could I have done more? Am I not doing enough now? So I've always wondered as I was looking through um, scripture and kind of walking through some things uh, today, it's like, man, where is that? Where can I find something like that in scripture? You know, where can I find it? If somebody had that that thought that you might have, that mindset that you and I might have, where where is there an example of that where we can study and kind of walk through that together? And Mark chapter 14, guys, I'm telling you, it is a perfect example. Perfect example. And I believe that as we look at this, it's going to be so relatable for us as we're walking through this text because all of us can find ourselves in the state that this person was in in Mark chapter 14. All right. So you've done all that you could. You did and you've done all that you could. All right. Mark 14. So if you're taking a walk or working out or whatever it is, we want you to listen. And we're so thankful you guys are here. Um, But if you have your phone or your tablet in front of you, open up your Bible. And I want you guys to look at Mark chapter 14. And we're going to kind of just walk through uh, that text here. So Mark 14, um, beginning in verse 1, after two days was the feast of the Passover and of unleavened bread. The chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him by craft and put him to death, or craftiness, right, and put him to death. Then verse 2, and they said, but not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar of the people. And being in Bethany, 
in the house of Simon the leper. He sat at meat, and then there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, and it was very precious, and she broke the box and poured it on his head. Now, you've done all that you could. As we're going to walk through this, here's the first thing I'm seeing. Here's the first thing I'm seeing, and hopefully you can see this too. Sometimes when we ask this question of did I do enough or am I doing enough or even just accepting I did the best that I could, sometimes we have to understand this concept as we answer this question. Your best will satisfy God, but sometimes it might not be enough for others. Okay? Your best with what you have, with what you had, right, whatever situation, your best, your absolute best that you could give, it will satisfy God. But sometimes your best will not be good enough for others. So let's let the Bible set this up. So Mark introduces us to a a dinner happening in a home. And this is happening, according to verse 1, on the Feast of the Passover. So the house here, you have the disciples, you have Jesus in the house, you have Simon the leper. So Simon, this is actually Simon the ex-leper. So he had leprosy, but he doesn't have leprosy anymore. And then contextually, if you look at John chapter 12, Mary and Martha are also in this house. So you got this house and you got this meal going on. And Mary walks in, who this is who this woman is. She walks in and she has this alabaster box. Now here's something about alabaster. Alabaster was like a it's kind of like marble. You know how, you know, like if you see like a marble finish in a kitchen or something like that, that's what an alabaster box or perfume flask was. So normally the, the text described it as a box, but it actually should be translated as a flask. So, you know, you ever go into the mall and you're walking through the mall and you see people pick up little little flasks of perfume and they're trying it out. Or remember back in the day when you would go to the mall, you have that random person that would just spray it on you. You want to buy Michael Jordan cologne today? Like, no, I don't want to buy that. Why'd you spray that? So, so that's that's what happened. But this flask here, this flask was made out of marble, which that meant it was precious. But then inside of that flask, it was something that the text calls spikenard. Now, spikenard, again, remember, so they're they're here in Jerusalem. But spikenard was actually found in India. And so as spikenard's there, that's a precious ointment. That's why the text says that spikenard was very precious. So that's not just found anywhere. So you have two things that this woman has. She has an, an alabaster flask, marble flask, which is rare. And then she also has spikenard. The oil inside the flask was actually rare. So she knows how hard she worked or what she had to go through to get that. Only her. The disciples don't know. No one else knows. Jesus knows. No one else in that house knows. So when she gave that up, what does the text say she did at the end of verse 3? It's interesting how it says she broke the box first. So something that was so precious, she broke that box, and then she poured all of that oil on his head. Now, here's something that we got to understand so we can understand the context of what's going on here. So normally, if I would walk into your house or you would walk into my house or or my apartment, right? So you would walk in. So if we lived in that time, not only is washing feet a part of it, but also when you would walk in, I would kind of dab your head with just a little bit of oil. That was just customary. 
So instead of just dabbing it, which is something that was precious, what she decided to do, I'm not going to just dab it and save the, save the flask. I'm breaking it and then pouring all of that oil on you. So now, your best will satisfy God, but sometimes your best won't be enough for others. That's where this question, did I do enough, comes from. Because when we know what we gave up, when we know the sacrifices, when we know the prayers, when we know the tears that we cried for things and people, God sees that. He understands the struggle. He understands the journey. But sometimes the people that you give that to, sometimes they don't understand it. So when they don't understand it, then what happens? Well, we'll get there in a second. But look at this. So I want to I want to hone in on this word before we look at the next one here because this is important. But notice the bottom of verse 3, it says she, she poured it on his head. So it's interesting in Psalm chapter 62, verse 8, the Bible says to trust in him at all times, you people. But then the text says, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. So this image of her just pouring everything I have, I'm just giving it to the Lord. I'm not going to give you a dab of oil. I'm not going to give you just a little bit. I'm going to pour it all on you. I know how precious this is. I know how rare it is. I know how hard I may have worked for this, but I'm going to pour everything I have out to you. Guys, When here's the thing to answer this question for you and I. Whenever we're in a situation where we've completely poured out everything to God, notice, forget everybody else right now. Focus on who you're, who you're trying to pour out to. When you've poured out everything to God, to him with what you have, you've given your best. You've given your best. And this woman had given her absolute best to Jesus. But sometimes when you give your best to God, sometimes it's not enough. So God, it was enough for him. Jesus, it was enough for him. But when you pour into people sometimes, when you pour into us sometimes, well, I feel like I need a little bit more. I feel like I need more. How come Jesus right here in Mark chapter 14, when she poured out everything to him, Jesus didn't say, well, is that the only flash you got? Is that the only oil you got? I need more. Does Jesus want us to develop more? Yes. Does he want us to grow more? Absolutely. But as you're growing, as you're developing, as you're walking in humility, as you love him, as you're doing all these things, and in each stage that you're at, as you're growing, you're pouring out to him, guess what? That's enough because he understands where you're going. But here, look at what happens, verse 3 or verse 4. So after she poured out all this stuff, she did all this, verse 4, there were some in that house, which is interesting that Mark's account of this, he doesn't specifically name them, but he says some in that house had indignation within themselves. Why did they have indignation within themselves? Why was this waste of ointment made? So number one, it's interesting. Your best will satisfy God, but sometimes it might not be enough for others. But then as we keep walking through the text, sometimes your best to others won't look like a lot. You ever see somebody celebrate something, like they receive something, they get something, they work towards something, and they got it. But let's say you have already had that, whatever that is. 
So sometimes this is how we do each other, which this is where this mindset comes from, that your best to others won't look like a lot. Because to somebody else, they have just achieved something so great. And instead of just rejoicing in the moment with them, what we'll say is, well, when I was your age, I already had double, so you need to be doing triple. Well, when I was that, I already had that five years ago, so you should be doing this now. Well, you should be farther along. You see how we do? Instead of celebrating what you have, what you've given, what you've poured out, I'll judge how much I've poured to what you've poured. And that's not fair. So then, unfortunately, what happens is now we're comparing how much we've poured out to God. Now the person who have quote unquote poured out less than me, now I got them questioning their walk with God. Man, am I doing enough? Am I being enough? Am I am I pouring out like him? So now in that moment when that person and that brother is asking that question, now who's the standard in their lives now? Me. Or the brother who said that they should pour out more. You see how messed up this is? So understand this concept, guys, where this question comes from. You did all that you could. And to Jesus, this woman poured everything out to him. But to the disciples, what did they think of it? It's a waste. See, that's why we don't compare how much we pour. Because to me and to you, well, what Jordan's doing, that's a waste. What that brother's doing, that's a waste. I'm doing way more. They should be doing more because I, and that's that's one of my pet peeves in anything in life is you should do more because I'm doing more. That just doesn't even make any sense. Well, because I'm doing more, you should do more. So wait a second. So instead of, so think about the woman with the two mites. When she gave all that she had, most likely what was everybody else that was given a bunch? That's all you got? That's all you got. Look at what I'm giving. Look at what I'm doing. You see, with Jesus and his humility, what he's looking for is not necessarily the amount that you pour. He's looking into how you're pouring it. How are you pouring it? Is this all that you have or is it what you have just so you can show you got? So now notice this question that we ask ourselves, man, am I doing enough? Am I being enough? Was I enough at this time? Was I enough now? Am I enough now for God, for people? Am I enough? It's so beautiful to see here that look at their mindset. The text says that there was indignation and they asked the question, why was this waste of ointment made? So think about it from their point of view. They're saying, number one, you poured out all the oil. That's a waste instead of putting a dab on him. Two, you broke the flask. Shouldn't have done that because we could have used that. Why did you waste it? Why did you waste it? You know, guys, that question that we've asked from the premise of this, the question that we've asked, sometimes what you're going to say, and when you're going to question, man, am I? did I do enough? Sometimes you're going to believe that the work, the prayers, the love, and the tears that you shed for others Sometimes you're going to feel like, man, that was wasted. Like, I shouldn't have wasted time praying for them like that. I shouldn't have wasted time loving like that. I shouldn't have wasted time, uh, you know, believing like that, putting in the work. Like, I shouldn't have wasted that time. So then that's what that's the next phase and the progression of this question is when we realize, quote, unquote, man, maybe I'm not doing enough. 
then you start putting the work that you put in on a scale. Man, you know what? Knowing what I know now, that was a waste. All that was a waste. You know, it's never a waste. You know why it's not a waste? Because to this woman, even if from the disciples and everyone in this house, even if you disagree with, with how I poured this out to Jesus, even if you do disagree, it's not a waste. It might be a waste to you. But to God, when you pray for people, when you shed tears for people in your prayers, when you sacrifice your time for people, when you do stuff for people that they don't even know it was you, when you love people to a level that you think so much outside of yourself, guess what, guys? You may not get that back. And to be honest, people are going to say your time that you put on me was a waste. You won't get that back. But what do we, why are we doing this to these people? Why are we doing this for everyone? Because we're trying to pour out everything to God. So when you do that, it's never a waste if the motivation is to please God. Will it be reciprocated to you? It might not. It might not. But even if it's not, if you worked and you loved and you prayed and you did all these things to God, it's enough. It's enough. Now look at this, verse verse 5. Now they said it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor, and they murmured against her. But then notice what Jesus said. This is so beautiful. Look at what Jesus said. Uh, verse 6. Jesus said, leave her alone. That's very interesting how he, how he started off like that. Leave her alone. You know, guys, instead of comparing why other people should be doing more work because I'm doing a lot of work, a whole bunch, a whole bunch of other people should be busy because I'm busy. A whole people should take on a bunch of stuff because I'm taking on a bunch of stuff. You know what Jesus says to you right now? If you're doing that with people, leave them alone. Because you don't know. You can see some stuff, but you don't know. Leave them alone. Because what they were doing, they were murmuring and complaining because what she poured out, they felt like it was a waste. So what we can see is when people pour out things to God, well, that's a waste. You should be giving more. Jesus says, stop that. Come on, guys, stop that. Why are you troubling her? Verse 6. Jesus said, she hath done a good work on me. So Jesus recentered the focus. See, you guys were looking at you and what you would have done. She did a good work to me. Leave her alone. Leave her alone. But then verse 8, now notice notice this is where our title comes from, verse or verse 7. For you have the poor with you always, which he's quoting Deuteronomy. You have the poor with you always, and whensoever you will, you might do good to them. But me, you don't have me always. So this is saying he's understanding he's getting ready to die. So he's saying you're not going to have me always. So when she gives me this, she's understanding that. But then watch verse 8. This is so beautiful. Look at how Jesus quiets this whole situation down. She has done what she could. I want you to think about how comforting that is. I want you to think about you as you're listening to this podcast right now. And you might have questioned and you're still questioning the fact of, "Ah, did I do enough? Am I doing enough right now for God, for said people, for said person? Am I doing enough? 
wouldn't it be so comforting if Jesus came and Jesus knowing your situation, John chapter five, Jesus knowing you, and he knows that you're giving your best with what you have and you're giving your all, you're not cheating him anyhow, or somehow you're not cheating him at all. And he knows that. And imagine him talking to you. You did all you could. You're doing all you could. That's so comforting. That's so comforting. And imagine from her perspective, she's hearing this. Look, she's done what she could. She came beforehand. She came beforehand to anoint my body to the burying. Verily, verily, I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout this whole world, this also she had done will be spoken of for a memorial of her. Here's our third one from from verse 9. Your best to God will be remembered. Now, sometimes your best that you've given to others, sometimes it's already been forgotten. And that's unfortunate, but sometimes that's just, that's how we are as people. And myself included, that's how we are. You know, sometimes you could have given so much, but it's just forgotten. Just like it never happened. And that's just what happens in life sometimes. As unfortunate as that is. But sometimes what tends to happen is, you know, you think about the disciples. What did they always want, guys? The disciples always wanted this level of greatness, this level of I want to be remembered. I want to be great. Like, I want you, Jesus. I want you to see me. Then I want everybody else to see me. Can we sit on your right hand? Can we sit on your left? Who's the greatest among us? They always wanted this level of memorial amongst themselves. They always wanted that level. You know, and it's interesting, this this idea of remembrance is like all of us do, myself included, like all of us do. Sometimes when, when your name is brought up, sometimes what tends to happen, not all, I never want to put an all, but sometimes what happens is, and sometimes this is just how we're wired, which is weird, all we'll think about is the things that you didn't do or you didn't say or you didn't do do right, you know, and, and that's what we'll do when people's names pop up was, yeah, you know, we'll start off, yeah, they're great, but they didn't, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't, you know, but Jesus, from from his perspective, all, all the disciples saw in this woman, look at what you didn't do, you didn't pour out like I, like we did, you know, you shouldn't have done that, it's a waste, but to Jesus, Jesus said that's going to be a memorial for her. It's always going to be remembered. Why? It might not be a monument. It might not be a plaque. It might not be your name plastered somewhere where other people can remember you. But I'll remember it. Jesus said I'm going to remember that. And it's always going to re- be remembered because of her. You know, one of the commentaries, which is interesting, Robinson's Word Pictures, which is a great commentary on some things on, on words, it defines memorial as um, to this monument that this woman had done, it's going to fill the whole world with its fragrance. That's interesting how it references the whole world with this fragrance because of the sacrifice Jesus is going to do. So she's saying, Jesus is saying, look at the, she poured out everything to me. She gave everything to me. And now when, when people remember me, they're going to remember her. It's going to it's gonna make the world 
smell great because of my sacrifice, the fragrance of it, because she did it to me and she did it for the right reasons. And she did it because she wanted to please me and not to get anything else like you guys. Interesting how Jesus flipped that. Can you imagine that conversation at the dinner table and everybody's quiet now? Interesting. It's so beautiful, guys. And this question that we ask ourselves, am I doing enough? Am I doing enough? Did I do enough? Jesus never wants us to cheat him. And sometimes we can use that phrase, well, I did all I could. Well, I'm doing all I. So sometimes we can use that phrase as a scapegoat, and we don't want to do that. But Jesus understands the heart, Jeremiah 17. He understands who we are. So as we're growing and as we're doing these things and doing things for him and helping other people, Jesus understands wherever you are and wherever you were, if you gave all that you had, Jesus said you did all you could. And to hear that from Jesus, because sometimes we think, Following Jesus, you know, you always have to get everything right at every stage. And if you didn't get everything right at every stage, then you're not a faithful or a really good servant like everybody else is, which is unfortunate that we think that and we preach that, unfortunately. But it's a beautiful thing that Jesus is telling her she did all she could. And because why? Because Jesus knew that was her best. That was her best. And so Jesus understands. Peter says, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord. You know, study to show thyself approved. Grow, grow, grow. Be rooted. Be grounded. Colossians chapter 2. So there's things that Jesus wants us to be on this path of growth. And I'm not in any way trying to say that, well, I'm here, so I'm doing all I can, so I'm good. I'm not trying to say that like the one-talent man where I'm just going to bury my talent. But Jesus understands as you're on that road to building, sometimes on that road to building, we're not him. So as we're growing and building, we're supposed to keep getting better. But Jesus knew the heart. That's why he could say what he could say. So there, there's this comfort level, guys, that for you and I, if we're pouring out our heart to him, that we're following his word as, as best as we can. As we are learning, as we are staying humble, as we are asking for his help, as we're doing all these things, and things may not be working, things might not be working the way you want them to work, but from the mind of Christ, when we're giving up everything like that to him, as we are on the path of growth, you're doing, you're doing what's right. Imagine that confidence from Jesus and that care from him. It's just beautiful, guys. I mean, this this text in Mark chapter 14 is so great. Read this again for yourselves, Mark 14, uh, like 1 through 9, because it, it's just so beautiful to see it from this perspective and to see how Jesus looks at things and from the disciples' point of view and who was in that house to see how we look at things. And maybe we can learn some things and how to get better. So I really enjoyed this. Man, that's just, these are so good for me, and I hope they're good for you and they, they can help you out. Um, Lord willing, hopefully on Monday, I think the weather's supposed to be okay, uh, but hopefully on Monday we'll be back with another podcast. Again, thank you guys for sharing. Continue to share the podcast. You know, text it to five people. You know, share the podcast. Um, we're just so thankful for you guys and what you do. And 
Um, we just hope that we can keep helping people, that we can grow with people, and that we can uh, we can keep working together as we grow in Christ. So Lord willing, we will see you guys on Monday. Thanks, guys.